Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Well, I got to live up to all of that, right? And uh, the sentiments from Sister Amariah are the same as well. Your pastor and his wife, they're great people. Let's give them a hand tonight. Not only that, but the milestone of 38 years. And that is quite an accomplishment to be in one place. I'm sure there's been days they wanted to quit. Pays they go, are you serious? And but there's something about when you're called of God. That calling pulls you through situations and circumstances that you couldn't do by yourself. So when God loves a city, what he does is he plants a church there. That's why you know God loves Milton, because there's a church here. However, when God loves a church, he gives them a man of God. Clap your hands again. All right. Listen, you don't have a fly by night. You don't have a uh, somebody just going to leave when times get tough. I mean, for God's sake, he fell off a horse and I think he almost killed the horse. I don't know. Every time he goes like, man, he's all busted up, but he, he is, is, he's tough as nails. And the devil don't know what to do with somebody that just won't quit. I wish somebody helped me now. Just won't quit. You know, they really thought that when Jesus started kind of staggering with that cross, I want to I make sure you understand, he never failed. I'm going to say that again. I know in all the plays you see, Jesus staggers and falls under the cross. That's a lie. He never failed. I don't serve a God that fails. He got weak. Listen now. He got weak. He probably stumbled, but he didn't fall. You Go back. You can read King James, Rick James, any James, any King. It's not in there. They thought he was going to die before they crucified him. That's when they got the good man that took the cross. Didn't get the cross because he fell underneath the weight of it. No. That was my way to you. He carried us all the way to Calvary. Every one of our. He carried every one of our sins to Calvary. He stumbled, but he didn't fall. He got tired, but he didn't fall. He was weak, but he didn't fall. We don't serve a fallen God. We serve a big. Uh, 
I'm going to have to preach up in here tonight. We serve a God that's victorious. And our victory is always in him. So glad to be here with you tonight and everybody's here. Uh, if I start calling names, I'm going to miss somebody and then I'm going to get run out of town. So, so thank you for being here. We got two services. We're going to make the best of them. Amen. Ezekiel 47, 1 through 5. Congratulations again to this. You got a great pastor and his wife, hospitable, uh, catfish, cornbread, muffins. I mean, we've just been all over the place. Green beans. I'm almost getting southern again. I am from Alabama, you know, me as far as gum. I've been in California because I'm westernized, but get me around here for a little while and I'll start twanging like everybody else. <laughs> Afterward, he brought me again into the door of the house. And behold, waters, everybody say waters. waters. Issued out from under the threshold of the door eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under uh, came from under the right side of the house at the side of the altar if I say altar then brought me out of the way of the gate northward say northward and led me about the way without unto the other gates by the way uh, looking eastward, say eastward. eastward, and behold, the waters ran on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forward eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankle. Again, he measured a thousand and brought them through the waters, and the waters what to my knees again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters were to the loin after he measured a thousand and it was a, a river that I could not pass over for the waters had risen waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over I want to preach to you tonight the flow flow. F-L-O-W. Just the flow. Very simple. Nothing deep. Nothing. Just the flow. How many is going to help me preach? Yes, Why don't you raise your hands right now. Let's pray. Would you pray that God loose his spirit? Would you raise your hands one more time? God will release your spirit in the house. Father, we need the power of the Holy Ghost, the flowing of your spirit in this house tonight. I pray that you would begin to flow even right now with the healing waters that of the Spirit of the Lord in this place tonight. We thank you for your, your mercy, your grace, your power. And everybody clap your hands and say, in Jesus' name, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. So glad to have my lovely wife with me. She's everything that I am not. And that's why she is with me because she uh, makes me uh, preach good and tells me when to shut up too. So I'll, I'll just, uh, I look at her and she's, you know, she'll give me like, oh, that means you're done. <laughs> like cornbread in the oven too long. You know. It was God that began to move in the book of Genesis 
And the Bible says, like, stuff like I'm trying to say in my mind. And it said, he moved upon the face of the waters. And as we see him, we, well, as we see the situation, we start with this. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And that was good. And then in chapter 1, verse 2, then, then he's moving on the face of the waters. And it's deep. And it's black. And it's torment. And it's how did we go from this, from this uh, serene deal to moving in the darkness on the face of the waters, flowing? And uh, some of the commentaries and people are a lot of, a lot, probably a lot of smarter than me, but, but they believe that there was a gap between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Somewhere they believed that Satan failed. And so when we visit the earth from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 1, verse, chapter one, verse 2, there's the fall of Lucifer. And this is why the earth is darkened and chaotic. But God didn't leave that like that. He began to flow and move on the face of the waters. Somebody say amen. Are y'all with me yet? Just pay attention. And then when he's moving, things begin to happen. When God moves, it doesn't matter where it is. It's a flowing. The, the, every, even when we are worshiping, something happens, and the flow of the Holy Ghost begins to move in our midst. Somebody say amen. amen. And what you need to do if that begins to happen, you have to step into the flow. You just can't sit there and look at it. You just can't sit there and feel it. You just can't sit there. Well, he's, he's flowing. Then your job is to get into the flow. Amen. And you got to understand, not all churches have the Holy Ghost flowing through. So we have the Holy Ghost flowing through. And you have, now what God's not going to do, he's not going to come and get you. You got to get out of where you are and get into the flow of the Holy Ghost. So when we pick up Ezekiel, Ezekiel measures the temple. He measures the first floor, the second floor. As I read all of 37, he says, as he went up to the, wind, the, scare, the staircase, it was winding and enlarging as it, as it goes up to the second floor. Every floor had 30 rooms, and I don't know what's in the rooms, and it winded up higher again to the third level. And the third level had windows. The windows were slanted. That's so you can see. So on the third level, there's vision. You see, the higher you get, the further you can see. You're not helping me preach yet. I'm already preaching. I don't know what y'all waiting on. On the first floor, you have trees and things obscuring your vision. You can only see so far. But when you get to the, to the second floor, there's no windows. So I, I can get sudden on it. No windows up there. All right? So you got to get to the highest point where you are. And then you can look out and see 
further than where you are. Some of you are stuck between the, the first floor and the second floor. You need to get up. I feel in the Holy Ghost. You need to get up on the third floor and say, I can see what I need to see from here. I thought I was going down, but I'm going. The devil mad me thinking, I'm backsliding. I'm not backsliding. I'm victorious. You got to get up another level and look out. Somebody say amen. I've been, I've been in, on a runway setting for 20, 30 min, uh, minutes in the fall because they couldn't see over 10,000 feet. And so you sat there. But when you got above, somebody say amen. When you got above the fog, it was clear. You couldn't even, oh, you're not. See, hell wants to keep you on the bottom floor where you have no vision, where you have no power, where you have, you got to get up and say, I'm going to pray my way up to the second level. I'm going to worship my way up to the third level. And I'm going to sweep what God has for me to do. It's time. What do you call, what's the name of the church? Militant Pentecostal Tabernacle. Time to get into the flow. Come on, it's time to lift the church up to another level. And it's time to step into the flow. Somebody holler, amen. So we get down and we go back to the foyer. And he goes out of the front door. There's three levels, three steps down, and he steps in an ankle pool of water. The waters are flowing. Everybody say flowing. And then there's an angel with a reed in his hand, and he measures 1,000 cubits, and the water was around his ankles. He measures another 1,000 cubits, and the water is around his knees. He has another thousand cubics, and the water is around his waist. Another thousand cubics, and the water is tucked to his chest. And another thousand cubics was 4,000. The water could not be, you have to swim now. You see, some of y'all are still in ankle-deep water. Can I tell you something? Keep going, it gets a little deeper. I don't want to be a shallow Christian. Get me out of, uh, I don't want to be shallow water Christian. Take me out a little bit farther in the water. Come on, somebody. You can't hang around church. You just can't hang around church and come to church. You got, you got to go, God, I'm tired of, this, of the level of spirituality I'm on. I want to go up a little bit higher. I want to go a little bit deeper down the river. Somebody help me preach right now. And I, I want you to know I'm trying my hardest not to get bent, um, in front of myself, but these were healing waters. We'll find out these were healing waters. And everywhere it went, it was life. Can I, have, can I say that again? These were healing waters, and everywhere it went, it was life. Except in the martial places, all stuff out there didn't go. So what I'm telling you, your church is where the ankle-deep water is. 
Now, now listen now. I'm not, I'm not messing with you. Because the water didn't get deep inside the chapel, inside the palace, inside the house. The water got deeper the further away you got from the house. It's time for Milton to get out of this building. Listen now. I'm not, I'm, listen, hold up. I'm not talking about building another building. I will be later, but not right now. But we just can't keep what we got to ourselves. You got to get in here and get where the water gets in your knees. Come on and help me, somebody. And then you got to get up where the water is a waste. Come on, somebody. And then you got to get up where you got a backstroke just to get there. And, and these are healing waters. People may not come to you, but you better get out there where they are. We can no longer afford to hide inside of the four walls of this tabernacle. Jesus said, get me out in the street and I'll show you what miracles are. Get me out of the street, and I'll show you where the flowing of the Holy Ghost is. Get me out of the street, and I'll show you what I can do. He is tired of being in the building. He said, get me out of here. He said, you lost your mind, maybe. He broke out of every place they put him in. Yes, he did. He broke out of every place they put him in. They put him in a box. He goes, I'm not standing in the box. So they put a temple. They built a temple, put him behind a curtain. He busted out of that. He said, oh, what do you mean? The last thing Jesus did was says what? It, it is, and what happened to that? The curtain, the veil. The hindrance. Come on. The stuff that's keeping God in the house. Rip. It was God said, get me out of here. Get, come on somebody. Militant, it's time to get Jesus out of here and get into the flow. The disciples... Listen, the disciples did very little healing inside of the temple. We, pray, we preach it, we don't see it. They're going to the temple, and a lame man is there. They're not in the temple. He's in ankle deep water. He's right there. Come on, somebody. And he says, arms. Now, I'm... I'm dyslexic. I'm, I am. So I'm saying, why does he call in for arms when he needed legs? That, that's a joke. <laughs> Some of y'all are kind of, y'all kind of slow down here in the south, you know. <laughs> that, that's a joke, you know. Arms, never mind. He, he got it. <laughs> and Peter and John, he's, and he, my problem with him is he begged for something that we just have to beg again. He wanted just enough to get through the day to come back to the same place that we said the day before. Why are we living beneath 
our spiritual place. I don't want to go to church and come back and just get a little bit and then spin it and, and never go any further. Give me enough water I can swim in. Come on. Give me enough power. Give me enough faith. Give me enough Holy Ghost that I can get out. Come on, somebody. Give me an unction that won't let me go to sleep. Give me something that must be going to serve God. Give me a hot, come on, give me another dose of the Holy Ghost. I want a shower. I don't have enough. Everybody says I'm getting into the flow. And they said, silver and gold have our none, but such I have, I'll give to you. They snatched his up his ankles, and he was his progression. He, he's struggling, and then he walks, and then he leaps, and then he runs. You see, just because you don't get your healing the first prayer, don't stop praying. Sometimes you got to pray your healing all the way through. If you can't walk and you got a cane, walk on the cane. Because at least you're on a cane. Throw the cane down, you may be hobbling, but hobble on, baby. If you're thinking for the cane, thinking for the hobbler, before, before you know it, you're walking and running. Sometimes miracles comes in degrees. I said sometimes miracles comes in degrees. But if you're thinking every time you go up a level, he'll give you a little bit more and a little bit more until you are in the flow. Until you get in the flow. So Ezekiel is noticing that the further he gets away, everybody say gets away, the deeper the water gets. He's measuring, he's stepping, he's moving. The angel moves, he moves. You see, when you get in that water, you're in the flow of the spirit. Angels become there. Your faith begins to move. Everything, the demonstration and the witness of the supernatural power and glory of God and I believe that the Lord is trying to take that church to take this church to that level I'm talking about where there's the listen now I'm not just talking about talking about it but there is a demonstration there is a demonstration not just of the word of God, but the supernatural power of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is not a spectator sport. This is not the Sunday night football game on Tuesday. That's you getting into the game right now. That's you repeat. Oh, come on now. I know it's going to lose you. We're clapping as long as there's somebody else doing it. No, it's time for you to get up and get in the flow. I wanted to know. I wanted to know. I said, God, where are the miracles? Where are signs and wonders? We, on, the, uh, on the field, we saw miracles. And, and the only way, because we dared to step out from the normal flow. We were in a, I probably uh, testified here about this, because I, everywhere I go, so 
we were preaching in a place and we were in a, a gym and we were walking the gym and praying. And right over there, when I, underneath the basketball hoop, because there was a shoot school there, there was a tan overcoat. I didn't know. I just, and, and God says, stop. So I stopped. He said, pray. So I prayed. I put my hand on that, that tan overcoat, and I said, I pray the prayer of restoration in your body in Jesus' name. I kept walking. That's how he said, pray restoration. That was my only. Right, let me tell you something. Here, dear. When God tells you to say it, say it and shut up. Don't embellish. Don't put your little words with it. If he said recovery, don't go any further than that. Say what he had. Say what he says, and then you'll get what he got. I didn't know this person. I didn't see their face. And I said, I pray the, the prayer of restoration from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. And I put my hand on my, the back of that tan coat, and it was burning. Now, that's... That's the spirit. For me, that's healing. Okay? I walk away. Months later, months later, uh, I totally almost forgot about it. I the person that I prayed for never said, was that you prayed for me? Da-da-da. Never happened. But we, my wife and I was in cat meeting. And this lady comes up and she hugs me. And Sister Emery's like, uh, you know what? <laughs> Don't make me go project up on you, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know I'm saved, but I ain't that saved. <laughs> I go get a ladder, climb up, and beat you down to my level. I'm going like, I don't know this woman. You know, this, who's this white woman all dropped up on you? you somebody better tell me something. She said, you don't know me. I said, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Preach, girl. I'll take an offering for you. I'm getting right. I'm finna get shot up in here. You gotta watch. You gotta watch black people. They got, you know, they have a subject. They have a gun and they perk. Bam! All right, who shot him? <laughs> she said, "You don't remember me." I didn't know. I go, "I surely don't." I said, "See, you don't." She said, "She said you were preaching the revival, and you pray." I said, "Tan overcoat," and she said, "That was me." I go, "Like well." Why was I praying? She goes, I thought you knew. I said, I saw a coat. And God said, stop and pray. And that's what I did. I didn't investigate. She said, I had stage four cancer. My hair was gone. My fingernails dropped off. And my intestines was dripping out of my body. And right there, she said, when you prayed, she said, when you prayed for me, a simple prayer, she said, from my hair down to my toenails, I'm totally restored. You don't have to be Apostle Paul. You don't have to be a, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be, you just want to be in the flow. Somebody, it's time for, I feel, why am I feeling the Holy Ghost like this? It's time for Milligan to get in the flow. Get in the flow. Get in the flow. These are just access points. You've got to understand. You've got to understand. These are access points. You have the power. You have the same power that I have. You serve the same God I do. The only difference might be the point of faith. 
And the point of faith is, how do you see your God? That's it. How do you see him? I see him as a God of everything. There is no, there's no, God does not have uh, impossible anything in his repertoire. It's not even in his vocabulary. He says, I can do anything, anywhere, at any time. All I have to do is believe that. What if he doesn't do it? That's not my problem. He may know something I don't know. Or maybe he's waiting on somebody else that needs that more than I need the credit for it. So I don't ask him all of that. I just do it. You need prayer. I pray that we pray the prayer of faith. We let you go. All right. What if I don't get prayed? Get prayed for again. Maybe you're still in ankle deep water. You need to step out, baby, until it starts. And get into the flow. What is the up around your knees? And sometimes you got to get into the flow when it's the up around your, come on, somebody. But other times you get up and you got to swim. You got to swim over. They said he, he could not pass over the water. The water started, and, and then it says, whenever the waters went, they, it was living, living water. And that's what militants need. They need the living water who is Jesus Christ, is the living water. Come on, somebody. Every prayer, this flood, the flow went. It was healing. Vegetation started to grow, except for the marsh places. I don't know. There was salt there, so it's just dead. But everywhere on, on the bank, this bank, that. And, and as you see, again, my deal is we have to step into the flow. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it been entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love us. I think again, I think again, we are living way beneath our privileges. I think that we are living way beneath our privileges. I think we're living way beneath our privileges. Verse 10, he says, God has revealed them to, unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things. I think we're in ankle deep shadow water, and we need to get out into the deep. And I believe the things that we're afraid of, it's when we get out that deep in the spirit, we have no control. That's it. That's it. See, we like control. I wish somebody helped me preach. We like control, but you got to have, if you relinquish your control, God is in control. God wants to get a, let, oh, I feel it, hold it. God said, military, let me go. I know what I'm doing. I can get them up out of the wheelchairs. I can heal. Come on. If you just let me go, let me do what I do. You do what you do and let me go. What are you doing? Step into the flow. I said, step into the flow. 
don't be afraid. There's healing there. There's deliverance there. There's power there. There's anointing. It's time to get into the flow. He's telling us, I got stuff for you, but you're too, you, you can't get it. It's, it's, we got to find the place of deep prayer. Not ankle deep prayer, but deeper prayer. We're afraid of it because we have no control over it. We got to get back into intercessory prayer. One of the deepest forms of prayer that there is. Because you don't know, you don't even know who you're praying for. You don't even know what you're praying about. You see, we want to understand God. Say, I understand you just do the job. You don't, hey, he may be having you pray for somebody you just don't like. Y'all don't have to say amen. Y'all eat your oatmeal out of a bowl just like I do. Because God's a safer. God goes, pray for Angie. I, I don't like Angie. She stole my boyfriend. I ain't praying for her. So in the session, you don't know who you're pre praying for. You don't know what you're praying for. I wish somebody helped me now. And we keep, we keep on trying to understand God. Quit it. You can't. Uh, he is past our, our understanding. He messes my mind up. He'll, he'll, go, he'll do stuff. What do you, I go, what you, he go like, handle it, Roy. Handle it, handle it. Go on. I walk in this place, this ICU. My, 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 my wife's what, cousin or nephew, nephew was there. He's on, he's on a, a ventilator. He's like, And I step in the room and I'm, this is where my medicine stuff messes with my own head. I'm looking at the ventilator. I'm looking at the altimeters. I'm looking at everything. They were like, oh, Ray, he did. <laughs> I go like, he did. And they look at me like, are you going to pray? And they're like, he did. And they go, in my mind, I'm thinking, if I cut the ventilator out, they go, <gasps> I'm looking at the, I'm, looking, I'm sorry for us, I'm just, I'm looking at the O2 saturation, I'm looking at how many beats per minute, I'm, I go like, he did. And then everybody looking at me, and I'm looking at him, I'm saying to myself, he did though. <laughs> and God says, pray, I go say, you know, you know, black people in the dead, we just. You go to a black funeral, they try to crawl in the, ca in the casket, help them. You say, whoa! <laughs> they don't really want to go, but their mama, they just say, mama! Then you push them in there, they run it out the front door. <laughs> Y'all laugh because your door is true. <laughs> I love your mama, but no, don't come back, I'll tell you. <laughs> and God said, pray the prayer of James chapter 5. And I'm still hesitant. So I pray uh, the book of James, chapter 5, there's a, there's a prayer there that you can pray. I prayed that prayer. I left, went home, sitting in my recliner next to my wife and says, 
You know, your cousin or nephew, brother, he, he's dead. So much for my faith, right? I go, I go back two days later, I'm freaking, and uh, so his, his, his girlfriend slash wife, you never know. And so I'm just being honest with you folks. So, and, and I go in there, and I says, where is he at? She says, he's on the seventh floor of another place they put dead people. Some going from ICU on the fourth floor to the, you know, the cooling board on the seventh floor. I walk in there expecting them to be. This cat was setting up on the side of the bed eating. Folks, if God can take a preacher, don't even hold a whole lot of faith in his own prayer to raise the dead. <laughs> Think what he can do with your prayer if you, oh, come on, somebody. You understand what I'm saying? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Militant, it's time to step into the flow. All God needs is a willing vessel. He doesn't, he don't need a theologian, he don't need a preacher, he don't need an evangelist, he just needed somebody to say, I'll I'll go if you tell me to go, I'll pray if you tell me to pray. Somebody clap your hands. The other thing I learned is God does not wait till everything is perfectly aligned. He moves when he moves. Sometimes he will wait until he dies. So you can't get no credit out of it. Somebody say amen. If your relationship with your children is dying, let it die. Get in the prayer room. That's where you resurrect it. Come on, somebody. You quit trying to fix it. Let God have them. Start saying, God saved my baby. I wish somebody helping up in here. We need some prayer warriors. We'll go back in the closet and get out of that ankle deep water until the water starts flowing. Say, God, I need you to do this. I can't do it, but you can. I can't fix it, but. You can't fix your husband, but God can fix him. You, I wish somebody jump on your feet and say, I got some stuff I need to God to fix, and I got to get into the flow. Yes, somebody shout amen. God is, not ever, God is not waiting for things to get perfect. He's waiting for us to find the access port to the supernatural portals. I'm going to use some words we're not used to here. In the portals of a God, it's a divine order where chaos is brings to order and darkness is changed to light. There are many portals. Uh, have you ever noticed that when they approach the Jordan, it will stand up? 
when they approach the Red Sea, it split. Those are supernatural porters. Okay, just, I know. My church looks at me like that. Go in my office, see if they fail. I think they're going to find some liquor bottles in there like I'm going to drink it or something. <laughs> and I discovered these portals. When John, when John baptizes Jesus, the Bible said, and the heavens were open. That's a portal. Angel, I get out of here. I do not know. I don't know if y'all read the Rick James, the King James, or uh, somebody else. But my King James version of the Bible said when he got there, the heavens opened. And a voice said, this is my beloved son who I am. I should do that. Huh? That's pretty good. Yeah. Why did that happen? It was a supernatural portal. Angels went up and down. Jacob is running from home, from his brother, spends the night, watch now, at a place where Abraham, his grandfather, had built an altar. Are y'all with me? He goes to sleep, and about four, three or four o'clock in the morning, he has this dream of angels ascending and descending. Why? Because he's at a portal. He's at a supernatural portal. What made it supernatural? There was an altar built there. That is Grandpa and his Paul put up. You're not helping me. That's why you need altars in your home. Whoa. They didn't see that one coming, did they? They did not see it. That's why you need, that's, can I come down there? That's why you need altars in your home. But because the altar is a supernatural portal where angels will come. Uh, Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I have angels walking in my house. If you don't, I have angels at my house. I don't know. I'm a real Pentecostal. I don't know who y'all is. I'm apostolic. They in my house. See, I don't have to go to church to see an angel. I got a place for him. I want you to know. Watch, watch the. Watch the progressions now. Altar angels. Altars, angels. Altars, angels. Altars, angels. Abraham builds an altar and angel shows up. Jacob builds an altar. He wrestles with one. Yes, he does. I wish somebody come on up in this house. I wish somebody come on up in this house. You don't do enough praying here. You're only here one, two, maybe three times a week. What are you doing with the others? You need to have an altar in your home where you pray. 
I wish somebody helped me. Turn the TV off, turn the altar on. Turn the sports off, turn the altar on. Come on, somebody. Turn race car off, turn the altar on. Cut out all the soap operas, turn the altar on, and God will visit your home. If you build a, I hope my preacher, if you build an altar in your home, angels will be in your home. Y'all can look like me, y'all can look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm a real Pentecostal. I'm an apostolic Pentecostal. My mom, my, 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 my wife will say, baby, there was, at the front door, I said, yeah, you saw a light. She said, yeah, and I see on the, at the back door. She said, what is that? I said, that's angels. What are they doing? They go, say, make your I said, somebody bust up in here. They ain't going to stay long. <laughs> I go, hey, bro, what you doing? <laughs> uh, man, you might not want to take nothing to this cat. He's crazy. <laughs> we have angels that travel with us. I don't know how they get on board without paying. I have to pay. <laughs> we was on a flight going to Atlanta. Uh, we was on a Southwest flight. The plane was almost full, huh-huh? Me, her, my daughter, and my little grandson. And I'm sitting there, and we knew we by the middle of the plane. I goes like, ooh. And I goes like, really? And I turn around, and... I tell my wife, I said, don't look back because there's a big angel in the back of the place. Where? <laughs> I just said, don't look back. <laughs> and then they go, whoa, I can feel him. I, he was on the southwest flight with me. I'm just like, did you pay to get on this guy? <laughs> I don't think so. He's like, no, I didn't pay to get on here. No, I'm kidding. You know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it is time that we quit living beneath our privilege as children of God. When you build an altar in your house, you build a access point for the spirit of God to flow in your home. Let me talk to the youth, the new generation, if you really want to experience the supernatural, develop a prayer life. Quit trying to dress like somebody that has it and get your own. I learned early I got to have my own prayer life. I got to have my own walk with God. I got to have my own faith. I cannot live on what somebody else does. If you can find the access point, the flow is already there. You will see the, I'm talk, let me talk to some to you young, young preachers. Find, build that altar. Find your access points at that point. And that access, miracles will begin to operate without you even doing anything. Because you stepped into the flow.
I have no problem with theology. I'm, you need to study. And you need to, you know, all of that. But studying without the flow will not get you what you're really looking That's for. That's it, I'd rather have the flow. Yes, sir. Because I know out of that flow, miracles are going to happen. Yes, sir. Healings are going to happen. Yes, Transforming lives. Are y'all hearing what I, yes. I don't know. I'm an apostolic. Yes. I'm an apostolic. I don't have a degree. I've got a God on my side. I don't need a PhD. I need a G-O-D. I wish somebody helped me now. I need a G-O-D. I know he can do anything. Am I, am I, against, a, 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 am I against Bible school? No. That's knowledge. I'm not against that. But I would rather have Jesus. I would rather have a, like a, like a, a grip on the supernatural power. And he'll, if he'll do it for me, he is no respecter of person. Un, unfortunately, our problem is we don't want to pay the price. I know, I know that a freely ever has Freely you receive, so freely give. That's cute, but it's not true. To walk with him from the, let's say from the ankle deep to the, over your head, there is a price to pay. Notice the hands went down, ain't no more jumping on that one. You know why? Because we don't want to pay the price. You don't Pray the price, you don't get the car. What is that old TV like? The price is right. What, what, what was that called? The price is right. What's, what's it called? Okay. This is not the price is right. Come on down. Here's your next opportunity for a miracle. No. Uh -uh. No. You're going to have some neology. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to break that book. You know that book's called the Bible? You have to break that baby open and start looking in there. Ain't nobody helping me, Prissy. Everybody wants the miracle, but nobody wants to do the job. Everybody wants to be healing, but no, 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 no. It ain't going to come cheap, baby. It's going to cost you everything you got. Are you listening to me? I'm not going to give you pretty little deeds. It's going to cost you everything you are, and it's going to cost you everything you have. You will have to relinquish all of you if you want all of him. That's the price. Soul for soul, a life for a life. Oh. You remember he got to pay you that much? He did. He paid for you when you didn't even know him. Yeah, I ain't getting no help putting it here. Before you were born, he paid for you. Before you was a smile on your daddy's face, he paid for you. What makes you think you don't have to? No, no. He's worth whatever you got. I don't know about you, 
but I am still trying to get to the deepest part of my own commitment that I can. Deeper prayer, deeper worship. I mean, I want the supernatural, miraculous operation in my ministry. But I know there is a price to pay. And nobody can pay that price for me. As sometimes that price comes out of me. People can help me along the way as they have done. I've had a pastor that supported me. I'm glad for that. But when push comes to shove, it's on me. And you get to this point, it's just like, I don't know if I can do that. Well, tell me when you're ready. Everybody comes to, everybody say, sell out point. They don't like this kind of stuff. I didn't come here to hype you up. I came here to tell you the truth. Because what he'll do is just say, if you'll give me that, I'll give you this. And I... Do you know what you're asking? Yeah, I know what I'm asking. Do you know what you're asking of me? And so, you think this is free? You get free interest to the door. After that, you pay. Notice nobody jumping now. I love the lie. I love the lie. I love the lie. Salvation is free. No. Just because you didn't have to pay for it. Come on, somebody. Just because you didn't have to pay for it, it does not make it free. It cost Jesus every drop of blood in his body for you and me to sit here today. Amen. What make, listen up. What makes you think you're going to pay a cheaper price? If I want to walk like Tim, do what, then whatever price he paid. I'm going to pay something according to that price. And that's the problem that we'll get so far. And then it's not stuff that he wants. I, am I getting too, am I getting too, okay. It's not stuff. It's you he wants. And it's like, give me that part of you. But I like that part. That's why I want it. I don't want what you don't want what you want. He'll take your personality. There's just no reason for me to stand up here tonight. When I was a kid, I wouldn't even, I was a guy hanging, I was like Saul, I was a guy hanging in the way out there someplace. I would never be stood up, step in front of people and, and talk like this. I was shy. I know it's kind of uh, hard to believe. But my wife, I mean, this is no joke. My wife can make me blush. All the white people are like, how? <laughs> Do you turn white and go black again? What's <laughs> No, I just turn a darker shade, you know. I got a knit a tent going on, you know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, get, God will get you right where you are. And he will ask from you that very part of you that you don't want to give up. 
that's the price of that next step as you're going deeper into the flow. Notice when Ezekiel gets to the epitome of it, he says there was waters to swim in. That means he can't touch bottom. He can't control the flow. He goes where the flow goes. He said there's water to swim over. In other words, he is not in control of the flow. The flow is in charge of him. And that's what, that's what scares us to death because we're going to lose who we are. And he says, yeah, that's the point I'm going to get you at. Because if you can use, lose yourself, you will gain me. The only way, listen, the only way to be like Jesus is you got to lose who you are to become who he is. Uh, am I preaching there? You got to get out of those comfort zones and step into the flow of the Holy Ghost. And this, this is the generation and this is the hour that God is looking for people that are saying, hey, I got to get in the flow. As we look at the apostles, um, listen, we, we, we cannot afford to be less. As a matter of fact, Every apostle gave his life for Jesus Christ. I mean, literally, they said that uh, Jesus' older brother, I think James, was filleted and drugged and beheaded. When Paul finally appeared before Caesar in Rome, they let him, he was there like a, like a, a prisoner, but he, they did da 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 da. He waited two years, and they and they uh, Fox's book of martyrs says that when they led Paul to the chopping block for his head to go, he ran and put his head down like, "End this! I'm ready to get out of here." Why? Because Paul had abandoned himself; that he was he was not even fit for this world anymore. Not in the sense that that he didn't love it. It's the sense that him and Jesus had traded so much that he had more of Jesus than he had of Paul. So he says, I just want to, that old song, I'm going up yonder. All of my burdens are gone. All of my tears are yes, gone. Sir. Get me out. That's where God is trying to get the church now. Yes, sir. We are so in love with this place that we really don't want to go to the next one. I'm sorry. Don't shoot the messenger. We're in love with this place. And so as soon as we abandon that for him, we'll see miracles on a dimension that you've never seen before. Blind eyes, dead raised. But we have to let go of one thing step into the flow of the spirit yes, sir. not 
the place that is ankle deep. There's no fear there. Even knee deep, you still got control. Waist deep, you still got a little bit of control. He wants you to get to this up here where you're captured by the flow. And you can't tell the flow what to do. You have to, as we say, go with the flow. I may have to, maybe I have to change them. I think I'll change the, the title of my message, Go With The Flow. Only problem with going with the flow. It's scary. From a natural standpoint. But because God begins to ask you to do things that's beyond your comprehension. Why, why? And we want to know why. He says, just obey. I'll see, we want to get the answer before the question. He wants to say, if you'll do this, I'll do that. And he says, no, you do that, and then I'll do what I do. But you don't get me to do before you get to do. And that scares us. But I can tell you this. In the last... In the last two, year and a half, I've probably been that close to death. I, I finished a sermon with Brother Keys in Modesto, California. I fell on the floor. I told my wife, something's wrong with me. I don't know what it is. Next thing I know, I can hear her pining. I go, I, I wonder, I'm on the floor. I don't really even know where I am. So somebody's down in my ear. I said, is that my wife? And they said, yeah. I said, tell her to bring her to me. And I looked over here and I said, listen, I will be okay. And then I went out again. By that time, the uh, paramedics was there. They put me on the stretcher. They put me in the ambulance. I could still hear my wife crying. So I was going down. And when I got in the ambulance, they put an IV and all this stuff. Halfway to the hospital, I'm ready to go home. Listen to me. Seven hours of test. And they said, Mr. Emery, I don't know what's wrong with you, but we can't find anything. And, they, and he said, uh, are you ready to go home? I go, yuffer. I got up, I put my clothes on, I walked out. They didn't give me a wheelchair. I could hear the dead man walking. I'm, I'm still amazed that American Airlines lets me off the plane. <laughs> Visit our kids. All I remember is going to sleep. And I told my wife I was crying, I told her, I'm so tired of being sick. I don't want to, I, it's, it was horrifying to me. And so I wake up in the middle of the aisle of row 22. I'm not at the seat. I'm in the middle of the aisle. And I'm not packing our cookies or nothing. I'm on the flow. Not in the flow. <laughs> on the flow, F-L-O-R, yeah. And this guy's taking off my suit. I can say, hold up. 
Hello. This guy on the top of my head, but my wife goes like, is there a doctor in the house? There was three doctors in the RN right there, right where I was. That means God already knew he was going to have to help this fool out. He can't take care of himself. And so this guy is calling for a defibrillator. He's going to bounce me. This guy is just hollering and they're taking a rip of my clothes. They had a new, a new shirt on me. I said, bro. So he, I woke up to this. I looked over there. I could see my wife crying. They got that. Oh, Zion. Fell, fell dead again in the middle, on the American airline in the middle of the floor. Gosh, man, come on. And so this guy's going, get me here. Who has a defibrillator? I said, whoa. Whoa up, bro. You ain't defibrillating nothing up here. He go like, he's talking. Yeah, if you, don't get, if you get off me, I'll get to walking too. <laughs> he says, what is your name? I said, my name is Sam Emery. What am I doing down there? Well, you know, and uh, he said, how do you feel? And, uh, you know me. I said, I feel with my hands. How do you feel? What do you want to try? I feel. So they threw me off the airplane. Another seven or eight hours in an emergency room. Seven. The doctor walks in and says, Mr. Remy, what do you want to hear after I do all of my testing? Well, I want you to tell me that you can't find nothing wrong with me and I can go home. Seven hours later, he said, I can't find nothing with you. You can go home. What are you trying to tell us? We cannot afford to be lifeless. Stagnant, stationary, stagnated. We cannot afford to be safe anymore. We got to be courageous enough to say, whatever comes my way, you're my God and you're going to see me through. Listen. I want everybody to stand. Everybody stand. If we could begin to step into the flow of the Holy Ghost and just keep walking. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Keep praying. Keep giving. Keep loving. Keep, just keep doing what you're doing. And say, God, take me out a little deeper now. And he will take you to places where you have no control. But here's what I found out. Where the access point where I lose control is where he takes, takes control. control. As long as you're in control, you will not see miracles on the level you want to see. Only when you lose control, then he takes control. Then we'll see the death raised. Then we'll see the cancers. And y'all are starting already to see the dimension. And uh, God wants to take militant there. We have to get away from unbelief, disobedience, fear, jealousy. I don't care who does it. Let's just get the job done. We gotta get from Better bitterness and malice, greed, worry, anxiety, criticism. Quit your grumbling, quit your becaning. We got to get pride out, ambition, 
temper, selfishness, covetousness. We got to get rid of all of this stuff. That's the price of admission as you move from ankle deep to where the waters cannot be crossed over. And everywhere it goes, it brings life. Are y'all listening to me? I'm talking to the whole church. I want you to lift your hands right now. I just want you to close your eyes. I just want you to listen for a minute. I'm withholding nothing. Come on. And I give my life to you I'm withholding nothing withholding nothing I'm withholding nothing withholding nothing I'm surrender Everybody say everything. Everything I need. I'm with hope. With hope. Come on, keep your hands up now. What price do you want to pay tonight? It's going to cost you now. I'm going to call the altar call. Just, I want you to listen to me for just a moment. Listen to me. You keep playing softly. Listen. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to cost you. I'm not going to lie to you today. It's going to cost you. But don't worry. You can make payments like a car. Payments like a car. Payments like a house. Why is it that we're, we're cool praying for houses and land, but we don't want to pay the price for Jesus? Because he's not after your money. He's after you. You have to surrender all to him, and then he'll surrender his all to you. I'm not, I, didn't come to, I didn't come to put a blindfold on you. I came to tell you the truth. For militant to go where God wants you to go, it's going to cost you. You can make payments. It's going to cost you everything. Not your life, not your kids. I'm talking about it's going to cost me, me, if I want to become like him. I cannot stay like Sam and still be like Jesus. That's schizophrenic. Okay, that's a, that's a schizophrenic. Um, hallelujah, I know. Because the people out over there, uh-uh, no, no, no. That's not the way to go. And that's the problem with some of you right now. You know what the price is, <clears throat> but you don't want to pray. 
you know what your price is? You already know. I know that you know. But God says, are you willing to pay it? Come on. Notice the word I use. Everybody say willing. That's all I'm asking for tonight. Are you willing to pay the price? I'm being very honest with you. I'm going to be very honest with you again. I know my price, but I know, know yours. All I know is it's costing me. I'm still paying. I'm still making down payments at 69 years old. I won't make my, pay, my last payment until I take my last breath. You guys like, you're telling us that? Yeah, because I, I didn't come to sugarcoat this. You'll make your last payment when you take your last breath. Up until then, it's going to cost me this, I'm more this, I'm more of that, I'm more of this. Will you give me that? Will you give me this? But that's me, yeah. I want you, listen now, he is trading you for him. If you'll give me that part of you, I'll give this part of me to you. Miracles are not cheap, honey. You're going to have to pay the price. If you're a preacher and you want to work in miracles and signs and wonders, it's going to cost you everything. You will not be able to go places other people go. You might. I can tell y'all I'm not. Y'all don't believe in honesty. I'm just telling you. Stuff God asked me about. Seriously? What I don't have left? He says nothing but me. You know what I found out, Bishop? He is sufficient for all things. First of all, I just wanted people to come that I'm talking about what you've been praying about because I know God's already dealing with some of you. Would you come right now? I don't want you to be afraid now. I just want you to come. And we're going to come. We just want to. I'm withholding nothing. I'm withholding nothing. I'm withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I'm withholding Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, uh -huh, yeah. withholding nothing. Would you lift your hands? And I give all, I give all. Come on, everybody. Would you just raise your hands right now? God don't even a lot of money, but God don't want your money. God doesn't want your house. God doesn't want your job. God doesn't want you. No, he just wants you. Some of you, God's been dealing with you on this. This is what you're talking about. You give me your all. I'll give you my all. Come on, young man. Come on, young man. Miller Mace man, old man, come on. Every surrender, come on. I want every eye closed, every hand raised. God, whatever you want from me right now, 
I give it to you freely, I give. Behold. Come on, where is the water? Is it around your ankles? Move a little deeper till it get to your knees tonight. Come on. Get a little deeper until it gets weeks high. Dig a little deeper. Walk a little further tonight until it gets around your chest. We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.